We have a special treat. We have John Fike, our worship leader, has a word to share with us. And so, John, I'm going to turn the time over to you and close as you see fit. So how exciting and how terrifying at the same time. (laughs) We'll just be honest right up front. (laughs) But I am excited. About maybe two months ago, started to get kind of something inside me like I felt I needed to share, but I didn't say anything to Sid, and then we were at our cabinet meeting, and he just said, John, you're supposed to minister on the 13th, and I was like, <laughs> so here I am, so, but I'm glad to be here. Amen. Some of what I say, I think we need to hear, but you may not like it, but I'm going to say it anyway, if that's okay, so. But I love everybody here. I love this church. I love coming here. I love the freedom that we have. I think we're a great group of believers. And I've always been encouraged here. So, anyway. But I wanted to talk to us about worship a bit. I've been reading a book called The Reset. Uh, It's a book that Sid actually gave to me. And uh, he said, I want you to read this because it sounds like you. So... So I took that as a compliment because when I read it, I thought, boy, this, this kind of is with my heartbeat. But it talks about, you know, where we're going as a body. Not just this, I mean, believers are going, uh, the dangers that are out there, but the good that's out there also. Because in the past, maybe 20 years or whatever, worship has really rebirthed into something special. There's a lot of songs being written. It's, it's very exciting. But at the same time, there's distractions. There's things that could hinder us from really getting to the real deal. And for me, I'm, I'm personally looking for purity in worship, the real deal. I mean, I like some of the bells and whistles we have. I think it can enhance it, but you can overdo that, and then it becomes a hindrance. But I did have a couple things I wanted to, that it's just real practical that I wanted to talk to you about. One is... You know, if we really want to honor God, <laughs> and this is going to go over like lead bricks, but I'm going to say it anyway, come on time. Yeah, unless, if you've got a good reason, you know, you have to work or something and you're coming in, you know, that's a different thing. But if you're coming in week after week late, that, is, that does not honor God. Amen. And the act, of, the act of worshiping is an act of honoring God. Yeah. So if... Uh, if he's the most important person, uh, if, if uh, communing with him is the most important thing to you, it'd probably be good to show up one time. <laughs> it'd probably be a good thing. And another thing I wanted to mention, and this is just a personal pet peeve, but I have the opportunity, so I'm going to, uh, <laughs> is cell phones. And uh, I know people are in love with their cell phones. They have them. But uh, for me, you know what I do? I leave my cell phone at home when I come to church because I don't want the distraction. That time is for God. So I don't want to be texted. I don't want, you know, I just want to focus on God. And I tell the worship team once I leave home, don't try to call me. I'm gone. You know, I'm not, not going to answer because I don't want the distraction. I want to focus in on God. Now, there are a few people, Debbie, it's kind of like church contact person, so she has a phone. It's good in case there's an emergency or something. So there are good reasons to have them. But even outside of the church, it seems like people are living in their phones. 
you know, I'll be sitting in a restaurant and someone will have their speaker on or they'll have a Bluetooth and they're having a full-blown conversation. I don't really want to know what Aunt Betty's doing with, with Uncle Ray or whatever. It's, I'm just there to eat and spend time with my wife. I don't want to be in on that conversation, but it's forced on me. And the same here, if you're answering texts or your phone is going off, you're actually interrupting other people's fellowship with God. So I want to encourage you. If you have to bring it, keep it on uh, vibrate. But even then, everybody will hear it. It'll be... Look at you like... (laughs) But think about it. You know, if you have so, if you have a friend in the hospital or something, there's some kind of emergency. You know, it might be good to have it in case. But even then, can't the Holy Spirit tell us something's going on? Like, go check your phone. Go out and check your phone. But uh, I'll leave mine in the car. It's not coming in with me because I want to honor that time with God. I want to honor Him. I want my worship to be pure. I don't want to uh, hinder that in any way. So phones actually can be a hindrance. I mean, I like technology, but it can be a hindrance. Same like TV. If you're sitting in front of that thing hour after hour every day, it's like a form of worship. You're just sitting there absorbing everything. There's, a, there's nothing required of you but just to sit and listen. So there's no... And then that kind of conditions us. We come to church, and uh, we just want to sit and listen. There's more... When we come here, we ought to be worshiping together. There's an opportunity to just praise God and to worship Him and to get next to Him together as a body. It shouldn't be taken for granted. It's an awesome thing. If you've been other places where you can't, you appreciate it more. Or if you've been other places where it isn't done well, you appreciate it more. So There are some people who want to sing badly, and they do. And, <laughs> It may be a joyful noise, but, uh, but I mean, uh, I have to, I was talking to Dale one time, we were talking about people in India, <laughs> he was saying, you need to go over there and teach people how to sing, because sometimes where they, the way they sing over there, it's uh, totally different than us, but uh, to them it probably sounds great. To God, I'm sure it does, if their heart is pure, it sounds good, but um, so I wanted to bring up distractions. Hinders or distractions? How many think if we got rid of the distractions and things that hinder us in worship, it'd be a good thing? Amen. Turn to your neighbor say, that'd be a good thing. Be a good thing. There you go. See, now I got you involved. This is good. So let's go to Hebrews 12.1. I'm just going to look on the screen if it comes up. You guys are going to see that I actually do wear glasses. (laughs) I don't like to wear them when I'm leading worship, but uh, I should have put those little stickies in that tell you where, you know, the page is. I think Sid uses those, doesn't he? Flips right to the page, makes it look like you can get there. (laughs) Makes it look like, hey, I know right where that's at, but he's got a little cheater there. He knows how to... So Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing that we also are com- compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and this is where I want to get to, let us lay aside every weight. And we're used to saying in every sin. 
but every weight. Let's lay aside every weight. Anything that weighs upon you, lay it aside. Every sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. So, if we really want to connect, let's lay aside the stuff that's in our way. What are you bringing with you? Are you bringing the cell phone with you? Lay it aside. Set it aside. Are you bringing unforgiveness with you? Is there somebody you had an argument with during the week or some, something's going on at work? Are you carrying that into the worship service with you? Because guess what? It's going to hold you back. Right? There's Damon back here. It's good to have Damon in the house, isn't it? Actually, these two I've been ministering with for years and years and years. They've put up with me. so I have them there as a default. If things start to go wrong, we'll just worship. So. <laughs> There's the next honest statement for you. Uh, so let's lay the weight aside. You know, in Exodus, and I'm not going to have you turn there, it says, have no other gods before me. Don't put anything else before God. And that doesn't necessarily mean like Buddha or... It does mean that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that anything that demands more of your attention than God does, that's become an idol. That's a God. Right? Right. So if you're sitting in here thinking about something else, (laughs) you shouldn't have that before God. You need to make him number one in your life, right? Sometimes my wife says, John's the best thing that ever happened to me, and I always correct her, don't say that. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you. I'll take second place, but I'm not first place. So, I mean, you may be crazy about your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, but uh, keep God first place. Make him first. Amen? Amen. I'm doing what my wife told me to do. She said, don't say amen, amen, over and over. She's heard me preach before. she, She said certain things. She said, don't apologize for doing it. So I haven't apologized yet. Have I? <laughs> okay. Don't apologize for doing it, and don't say amen 5,000 times. So Maybe that was two, so I'll try to keep track. Don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. So this idol thing, I, I have an example. When I was in India, I was preaching at a little village church, and uh, it was like way out in the middle of nowhere. I had to ride in a, I'm going to add a little bit to it so it's fun. I had to ride in a bus there, and it was so packed. I mean, it was like I could have lifted my feet and I wouldn't have fallen. You know, it was that tight. And I actually was sitting, but I mean, it was that tight that I wouldn't have fallen. But I was sitting, and there was a guy with his arm up in front of me. And it was just like, I thought I was going to pass out by the time we got there. Was, Woo! But then we finally got off. <laughs> These are the fun things that happen on the mission field. Some of you young people, this is what you have to look forward to. Praise God. Um, so I got up, and I, I preached at this church. And when you're in third world countries, often they have you pray for absolutely everybody. Gene probably knows this, but if you, you go to a small church like that, they, they want prayed for. Everybody does. So when you're done, everybody that's there gets prayed for. And the last guy that came up at this particular place, you could tell he was troubled. You know, he just had this look about him that he was troubled. And... So I asked him, you know, what's going on? What do you need prayer for? And he said, I, I can't sleep right. I just, uh, I'm not at peace. Uh, you know, I don't know what's wrong. You know, can you pray for me? And I said, sure. And right before I did, it was like the Holy Ghost said to me, and I don't often get words of knowledge, but he said, tell him to, to get rid of his idols. 
like, okay. And I kind of held back a bit because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes they send you somewhere and you're out there by yourself. You could easily just disappear. What happened to John? <laughs> uh, um, so in specific, he said, tear it off his neck. I'm like, so I reached and I grabbed his neck and he had this, like, wooden idol around his neck. Like, when I reached, I grabbed it. I was just like, and I just yanked it and it popped off. And I said, you need to get rid of this. And I just pitched it on the ground. And uh, then I explained to everybody that you aren't to have any God. God's before God. And uh, in India, you know, they have millions of gods. So often there it's like, yeah, well, I believe in Jesus, but I believe in the elephant-headed God that, that I bury the statue in the water once a year and strange stuff or the Krishna with all the arms or all these things. I don't know. But, uh, but I explained to him. And I prayed for him, and I said, no. I want you to confess that you're rid of all that, and God's your one true God. And boom, his countenance just changed, just like that. Just like his countenance changed. No God's before him. He's a jealous God. You know, he doesn't want you sharing your affections with other so-called deities. So, Okay? So when you come, come without those idols. Get rid of them. You find them in your life, you know, something, if you become aware of it, oh, this is like an idol for me. Get rid of it. Amen? Yeah. That's three amens. So, so I, it's four? Okay. You can keep track for me. I'll tell my wife when I get home. That's how many times I said it. I'm just looking for agreement. What can I say? So that question was... So that question is, what do you bring with you? What do you bring with you to church? What are you bringing? Yeah. So I encourage you, as you come on time, did you catch that part right there? As you come on time, be careful what you bring with you. Just leave that other stuff that, that has no business being here elsewhere. Keep it pure. I titled this uh, Undivided Devotion. Because that's what worship is. I mean, we're devoting ourselves to him, but it needs to be undivided. We can't be sharing it. And there is things that I've observed that people have more of a lackadaisical, some do, not any of you, of course, but some people have a both side of the fence attitude. It's kind of, well, it's okay when I'm here, I'm like this, but when I'm at church, I'm like this. And the word says that an undivided man is unstable in all his ways. So if you're looking for the, that intense worship experience, uh, I tell you, that's what I'm looking for. I've experienced it, and it seems like nothing else uh, satisfies me now. We have good worship times here, but if you know what I'm talking about, that weightiness, when the power of God comes on, on a service, it's just, oh, this is just great. You know, and I used to be a substance abuser before I got saved or whatever. I got to tell you, God is the most high. <laughs> Nothing compares to him. All that other stuff is just junk. It's counterfeit. It's what the enemy brings to, to tell people. They say, hey, uh, the enemy is saying, hey, smoke this. You'll be at peace. It's, it's a counterfeit peace. It'll suck up your money and make you paranoid, you know. And, you know, they're making pot legal now or whatever. Stay away from it. That's my, my advice to you. Stay away from anything that alters your thinking. 
Now, if you have a medical situation and somebody prescribes it, you know, go ahead, knock yourself out. But uh, I'm just telling you, there's all these counterfeit things out there. I know, I'm carrying on. Uh, for every true thing, I think the enemy has a counterfeit. So uh, the real deal is God. That's the real deal. And that's what we should be pressing into, not kind of this and kind of that. And, you know, sometimes we're, we make choices. Like, uh, you have an opportunity to do something else or to be at church. And sometimes it, you're supposed to do something else and God will tell you that. But if it's just kind of like a toss-up for you, well, I don't think I'll come this I'll go do that instead. Then I'd question your motive. I question where your heart is. If you're looking for an excuse not to come, there's a problem. I look for excuses to come. <laughs> I look for reasons to come to church. I really do. I like being here. I like what the word says. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to receive here. I'm glad to spend time with God here. I'm glad to fellowship with you all. It's good stuff. <laughs> oh, this is so awkward. Um, we're doing okay? Okay. Okay. I feel like I ought to be like Bob. Is this okay with you? <laughs> now, Bob always says, Is this okay? Yeah. Now, if I can start rhyming, I'll be like, <laughs> Everyone serve, serves with Bob, he'll sometimes get to rhyming. It's funny. So. so how many want to please God with your worship, with your praise? How many know that to please God, you have to have faith? It's impossible to please God without faith. So when we're singing these songs, we need to believe it. We need to speak that as truth in faith. That's the kind of worship that pleases God. And he also, uh, I'm not sure where it is in the Bible, it just popped in my head, but there's one in there that talks about the sacrifice of praise pleases God more than sacrifice of the bulls and the sheep and back when they used to sacrifice all those animals he was saying it's more pleasing to me when you praise me so without faith it's impossible to please God and we need to believe that he is and he's the rewarder of those who not those who kind of seek him those who occasionally pop in no diligent diligently seek to me, diligently is just like a, a bulldog on a bone. I'm just, I'm not letting go of it. You know, I'm going to diligently seek him. And there's a scripture in Mark 3.25 that says, A house divided against itself won't stand. So if you have a double-minded attitude about church and about God and your relationship, not only is it unstable, but it's not going to stand. I got real quiet on my church. But it won't stand. So, let's not be divided. Let's not divide our attentions with the other things. Let's just keep focused on our relationship with God. That's how I live. I know you do from your stories out there talking to people and stuff. The other day I was, uh, 
was pulling into a place, and there was a girl with a cast, and she was going, oh, no, she wanted to jump out of the way because I wanted to park there. And I was like, oh, hang on, hang on. I went and parked a little bit further over, and I came. She goes, oh, thank you so much. And I said, let me take your cart for you. And I took a cart, you know. That's how you live your life for God. Just be a blessing to others, you know. Uh, I could easily honk and like, get out of my way. I want in there. <laughs> Put your own cart away. You know, I could have. You know. But there's opportunities to be blessings to others. You know, the grocery stores and stores right now, they all have these self-checkouts, you know, because of COVID. That's the last time I'm going to say it tonight. I don't even want to mention it. But uh, because of that, all these places, you know, self-checkout. That way they don't have to deal with people. Well, to me, that's like a device of the enemy. It keeps you from fellowshipping with people and getting to know them. I go to the grocery store. If there's only one clerk left, I go to that line because I want to talk with somebody. Maybe I have a word for them. Maybe they have a word for me. I don't know. But I don't want to avoid people. I want to rub shoulders with them. It's like uh, I'm going to do my age here. But uh, There was a time when people had front porches. You know why? Because in the evening, like in the summer evenings, they'd sit out on their porch. They'd walk by, they'd talk to each other, they'd drink some iced tea on the porch or whatever. It was a, it was a fellowship thing. People in the neighborhood would walk, they'd fellowship with each other, and then after a while people were like, well, I don't want to be talking to them. I'm going to build a deck on the back. <laughs> so they started building decks. No more front porches, decks in the back. And that kind of separated people. But still, you know, if they're both out on the deck, they talk to each other. Hey, how you doing, Joe? You know. And uh, then after a while, guess what they did there? They put up fences and dividers. So now they have their little deck on the back, and it's all secluded from everybody else. They don't, you know, I have, I live in an apartment complex. It's tough for me to talk to my neighbors. I have to go out of my way to talk to them. The guy that lived upstairs, I didn't talk to him for a month or so. After they moved in, he was just... So at one time I heard him out on the deck when I was out back of mine. We have like a little deck there. I went around and said, hey, I'm John. <laughs> you know? I talked to him a bit, got, introduced myself. But today's society seems to want to keep people apart. And God doesn't want us apart. He wants us to rub shoulders. That's how people get saved. His desire is that all would come into the kingdom. Amen. Everybody, even that guy that gives you the hard time, or yeah, who's it? <laughs> she she started nodding. Yeah, that guy there. Yeah, probably all have those, but uh, he wants all to come into the kingdom. And I am not a real sociable person. I am not. This actually public speaking terrifies me. So this is a leap of faith for me. Um, but socially, you know, I'm not super outgoing. But I, I kind of make myself be because who knows? Maybe I can. There's a lady at uh, Lowe's, always grouchy when I went in there. Every time I go in, she's. So one day I, said, I looked at her name tag and I said, Nearma. Now you're going to know who it is, but don't tell her I talked about it. <laughs> I said, Nearma. She goes, No, that's not how you pronounce it. And I guess it's an African name. She's Afro American. And uh, she says, Niyama. I said, well, that is really a cool name. She goes, well, thank you. So then over, I go to Lowe's a lot for little projects I'm doing around here at the church. Sometimes I fix stuff up. And uh, so next time I saw her, I was like, Niana. You know, I remembered her name. She's like, oh. She goes, you're uh, uh, John. 
It's like, yeah. And uh, so now when I go in there, I can't even get through the door. And she's like, John, hey, how you doing? You know, we're talking to each other. I told her I was preaching tonight, and I'm sure she has no relationship with God. She goes, huh, where's that at? You know, I kind of half expected her to show up or whatever. Sooner or later, she's going to, she gets too close to the the bank of the the river, she's going to slip on in. But but that's how, uh, that's like just uh, everyday evangelism, get to know people. And actually, I was not that way, but my sister gave me a book by Bob Goff. Anybody hear of Bob Goff before? And it's like, it's called Everybody Always. So I started reading it. And this guy just loves everybody always. He's got the greatest stories. And I'm just reading this, and I thought, well, I want to be like that. So then I just started doing it. I just started like, okay, that person that doesn't like, I'm going to go out of my way to to love them and minister to them. And you'd be surprised. People just open up to you. You have an opportunity to share what's going on. And uh, so, anyway, I don't know how I got down that rabbit track, but that's probably better than the rest, wasn't it? Stay on the rabbit tracks. Yeah. So, my desire, I'm just going to make this kind of as a mission statement. I want to remove the obstacles that stand in our way of true worship. That's my desire here. Anything here that stands in the way of us having a true worship experience and connecting with God, I want to get rid of it. And like I said, some things are good, some aren't. The Praise is the Highway, that song we did at the beginning. I had a background of this highway. Like when we would go to the chorus, that background would come up and it was like a highway. And I thought, this is so cool. This really sells the words we're singing. You know, I thought this was great. So afterwards, I, I talked to Sid after every service. I said to Sid, what'd you think of the highway thing? Wasn't that cool? He's like, I was trying to figure out which road it was. <laughs> and then a couple other people said the same thing. I was thinking that looks like the way when you're going up to uh, Titusville, that road that there, you know. And I thought, now that's not my goal. My goal isn't that people sit here and think, hmm, I wonder what road that is. I want him to be thinking about, as I praise God, I'm heading to his throne. That it touches his heart. And as we praise him, the move of God happens. You know, that's what I want people thinking and meditating on, not which road is that. So sometimes I do something thinking it's cool and it's not, and I have to repent. So that's one I repented from. You won't see the highway anymore in that song, although the graphic kind of gives you that highway feel. But gives you that uh, feeling without the road. So. so obstacles, right? And I encourage, um, if what you wear, I'm just going to get down here with you. If what you wear causes people to think of something else, it's not a good thing. Women, if you're showing off your bodies too much, it's going to affect the guys being able to enter in. Guys are visual, right? Guys? So if something grabs your attention, your attention isn't going to be on God. So I encourage you as you come in here, think about, uh, am I a distraction to somebody? Are there things... That doesn't mean don't be free. Be free in what God tells you to. Be led by the Spirit or whatever. But uh, think about um, things.
things like that. I used to tell the worship team, don't wear a bright orange blazer. Those are for hunting. You know? <laughs> but if you wear a bright orange blazer and we're up there leading worship, guess what people are going to be thinking? Why is he wearing that bright orange blazer? I tell you, the whole time, that's going to be what people, you know, they may want to enter into worship, but they're going to be thinking, orange blazer, orange blazer. Right? So, consider things like that. Don't be a distraction to somebody else. You know, sometimes we bring distractions with you. Sometimes things here can be a distraction. You know, uh, lighting and, uh, and even the tracks we use needs to be used with wisdom. You know, I like the tracks we're using. It gives it a full sound. You know, it makes it, yeah, let's get in on this. So it's a good thing, but it can be overdone. Lights can be overdone. I was at a worship conference. They had the kick in his lights, you know, like hundreds of lights, you know, and they're flashing while the band's up there and everything. And afterwards I thought, you know, probably a lot of people were thinking, cool lights instead of cool God, awesome God, cool lights. So, anyhow, so if something distracts you that I'm doing, you can come and tell me about it. <laughs> I'll take it under advisement, think about it, because I, I don't want that. But I do think there's things that you can do that make it extravagant, you know, that make it cool. You know, if you think about a relationship, uh, there's a courtship taking place between us and God. We're the bride, he's a groom. And there's this thing taking place between us and uh if you want to make a parallel, if you go out to dinner, say, with your wife, or, you know, if you aren't married yet, and you're a couple going out, you know, if there's candles, and if the place is pleasant, and it has nice music or whatever, that kind of sets an atmosphere for what's taking place, for the romance to take place. So some of the things we do here is kind of for our romance with God. We're just enhancing it, trying to make it nicer so that it's easier to enter in. So... That's why we do some of the things we do. Um, make sense? Yeah. yeah. So if you're going out, say a guy, you're going out with a girl, you wouldn't wear your, uh, you wouldn't go out to a pig farm and then not change your clothes and show up for your date. It's going to be stinky, it's going to be dirty, it's not going to be good. So same kind of thing. As you approach God, do it with reverence. Do it with reverence. You guys still okay? I'm going to go back to Bob again. You know, here. You okay with this stuff? How are you doing back there, Damon? You good? So true worship costs something. It's not, it's, uh, you don't just show up and just absorb it. If you're really entering in, it costs you something. It costs your time. It costs your effort. You have to put it in. There's a scripture in Samuel where um, somebody offered to to give David a sacrifice to sacrifice. He said, no, I don't want any part of that. If worship doesn't cost me something, I don't want to, if the sacrifice doesn't cost me, I don't want anything to do with it. I want it to cost me. Because then it, it shows that it's important to me. And that was like a financial thing, but it's not just finance. It costs you something. It costs you to be here on time. Here we are on that time thing again, just hitting it over and over and over. We'll see if it happens next, <laughs> next week. Everybody's here like Ready to go. Be awesome. Sometimes it cracks me up. I will start a service and there'll be like 15 people here. And then uh, partway through, we'll be doing like something instrumental. I have my eyes closed. I open. It's like, oh, where'd all the people come from? You know. So 
uh, it costs you something to be on time. It costs you to, to make the effort. Like I said, today's society, you know, like TV and stuff, um, the only thing required of you there is to be a couch potato. You sit there and you watch. And if you do enough of that, it invades the rest of your life. You come to church, it's like, I sit here and I watch. And uh, we don't want to be doing that. <laughs> we don't want to be doing that. You know, there's all kinds of scripture about how to praise and how to worship, and none of it says sit on a couch and watch. Amen. I've, I've looked. I can't find it in here. There's no sitting on the couch and watch. You know, there's, there's these uh, things we do to, to be engaged, to express uh, what we're feeling in our hearts, like dancing and clapping and singing and shouting rejoicing before him. And there is a moment of being still and knowing that he is God, but it's not 90% of the time. I think there's more scripture that talks about louding him, you know, just, just uh, going for it. But there is some time to be quiet before God, so that's not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm against that. But I think probably in today's church, more people are falling asleep than are awake. I want to be part of an awake church. How about you? And I think we are. I think we're an awake church. We come in here and it's like, it's not, not like pushing a rope. You know, sometimes it may be a little tougher than other times, but uh, uh, it's a place where I, I know I can come and we're going to worship together. So anyhow, it costs you something. Our Christian life costs us something. Isn't that weird how when I lean over it changes sound? <laughs> I always wondered why that happened to Sid when you lean over. It's like all of a sudden it has this reverb thing. Or something. Anyway. Sorry, just an observation. <laughs> In Romans 12, 1. Let's go ahead and go there. I'll put my glasses back on again. You guys are probably thinking, when is John going to get to the scripture? It's Romans I like the scripture. I like a lot of them. Okay. 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So we're talking about sacrifice, right? Talks about us presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What's the rest of it? which is your reasonable service. How many know that another definition of worship is service? Yeah? So our reasonable service is to be that living sacrifice. I think Dale used to put it, uh, don't be trying to squirm off the altar. (laughs) I forget how he preached it the one time and it cracked me up. So if you're a living sacrifice, don't be running off the altar all the time. Make sure you're there. Uh, Die to self. Die to self. Probably one of the biggest hindrances or things that can interfere with worship is when you start thinking of yourself. 
when it becomes about you. Well, I don't like that song. I don't like that. I don't, I, me, 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 me. I even get nervous when there's too many me's and I's in a worship song. To me, it's kind of like, okay, where's the focus going here? Uh, that good, good father song, which I absolutely love, but it's like, you're a good, that's who you are, you who you, and then the next part is, and I'm loved by you, and it's like, it's who I am. I always want to just go, loved by you, loved by you. <laughs> what the I am thing in there? It's too many, too many I am's in a row for me. But um, it's got to be all about God. That's what worship's about. It's not about us. You think of that Matt Redmond song or whatever, um, Heart of Worship. Should we do a little bit of that right now? Let's do that. Why not? You probably wondered why they're up here. I told them maybe we'd do some stuff. So where's my word person? Can, can you get Heart of Worship for me? Take the other guy off for a second. How many appreciate our technical people, our sound people, our word people? I am blessed. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's worth, that'll bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Oh, it's hard to go back to talking. That was sweet. Amen. It's all about him. He may be seated. I've always wanted to say that. So we're talking about reasonable service there. It's reasonable for God to expect us to have that kind of reverence and that kind of heart towards him, right? It's not unreasonable. It's not like, well, hey, you're asking too much of me. I'll come when I feel like it. And if you push the right buttons, I'll enter in. No, our reasonable service is just to push in and do it. Amen? Whether you feel like it or not, it's like that, I'll raise a hallelujah. You know, if you watch the video of that song and all that stuff that was going on in that pastor's life with his kid, and uh, I'm sure they didn't feel like raising a hallelujah, but they did. And God showed up and healed their child, and now it's become a great song for all of us to sing. But uh, whether you feel like it or not, you got to enter in. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, which isn't always easy. <laughs> but I'd rather have that garment than the heaviness. I hate, I hate that heaviness stuff. So. so I wanted to, I was saying, you know, things are good to create an atmosphere to, to make us feel good about our worship experience. I wanted to bring up the woman with the alabaster flask. I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to talk about it a bit. She came and she had that expensive oil and she broke it and washed Jesus' feet and dried it with her hair and was kissing his feet. And uh, what she was saying is, you're that important. You're far more worth than what's, what this oil is worth. And my place is at your feet. I'm not trying to put myself, elevate myself to another position that uh, I want to honor you in that way. And it's not just about the the expense, I mean, they say that that was like a year's wages or something for people. 
So yeah, it was expensive. But it's also the humility she showed. She was there in front of all those people and she just got on her face before the Lord and worshiped him. Cost her something. But that was extravagant worship. So there's nothing wrong with us being extravagant. Singing out, just letting it go. We don't have to be so reserved. I think sometimes in America we're afraid of being embarrassed. And I, I was that way before, you know, I was just kind of, I don't want people looking at me, you know. But it wasn't about me, it was about God. I just encourage you, don't hold back. I think if you're going to be a fool for anything, it's good to be a fool for God. Look at me today, I'm living proof. So. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I have, my, my wife says to me sometimes your stupid dances and things like that. And it's just like, I don't, you know, if it's for Jesus, I don't care if I look foolish. I'm happy to do it for him. I'd rather be foolish for God than be nothing for no one. Right? So I'd like to be known as that place. People come, people there are just, they're crazy for God. Yes. That's what I want us to be, crazy for God. All about Jesus, crazy for God. Amen? How many want to be crazy with me? Right? I'm going to remind you. Let me see. On this side, let's see. I'll remind you later. Hey, we're going to be crazy for God. You know, the, there's a scripture for that. It talks about uh, in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, it says that we're peculiar people, God's own special people to show forth the praises of God. And I've heard people quote that like, well, I'm a little weird, so I'm a peculiar person. That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> what it's saying is the world's going to look at you differently because you show forth praise to God. You're peculiar because to them that's, that's weird. Why are you praising God? You know, to them that's peculiar. That's different. Uh, but that makes us special. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that people will be like, hey, those people praise God. I want to be known for that. Amen. You know, I'd love to, if I'm walking down the street, people say, oh, that's, good. that's that guy that praises God. I would love to be tagged that, even more than tagged as John. I'd rather have him forget my name and think of me as, hey, that guy's hooked up with God. That guy loves God. That's how I want to be known, so... So we're his own special people. Amen? There's my fifth one, is that? Or cat, you're, you're losing your spot. Oh, she's counting. It's more than that. Ugh. Number 11. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so I want to take another turn here. I want to talk in Philippians 4.8. It talks about what you should think on. So it, during our life, you know, our living day to day, what are we thinking on? I want to encourage you in that because that can determine what you bring with you into the church, right? So what are you meditating on? What are you thinking on? I'm going to tell on myself, but this isn't today, but it was a time. I used to like James Bond movies. You know, I liked, I liked all the, you know, the spy thing and the, and the, and one day I was watching those. This was like a long time ago. And Noah goes, why do you want to watch that? It's, the guy's a womanizer. It's violent. You know, she just went down this list, and I thought, you know, you're right. And I thought about it. That's not good food for my spirit. Even if I'm watching it and I enjoy it or whatever, uh, I don't know what got me started. Maybe my, my dad used to like it, and I used to watch 
movies with maybe that's why it started. I don't know. Maybe it's that guitar part. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. <laughs> but it's really not good food for me. So I don't watch them anymore. You know, sometimes I'll be flipping through channels or whatever. It's like, oh, James Bond. Nope, I ain't watching that. Just cut it out. I became aware of it. You know, that's not good food for me. What am I meditating on? What am I thinking about? You know, and Sid's talked about this before. What are you putting in? That's what comes out. Right? So, if you want to get rid of hindrances to your worship and your relationship with God, careful what you put in. Careful what you're feeding yourself with because it's going to be odd uh, when you come to church and it's something different. It should be an extension, right? You know, at home, we should experience these things by ourselves, but then when we come together, it's like we get to rejoice with each other. Like, yeah, we're like-minded. We love God. We praise God. Boom, we get to rejoice together. This is awesome, right? Um, so, yeah, think on these things. Philippians talks about all these things, you know, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, you know, think on this stuff. That's what we need to be heading towards, whatever is godly. Think on that, right? So that'll help us. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the rivers of life. Right? Keep our hearts right. Out of it flows the rivers of life. You know, God talks about, uh, he set before us death and life, right? And then he even gives us the answer to it. He set it before us, and he says, choose right. And that relates to the rest of our life, not just here or whatever, you know. Instead of choosing James Bond, death, <laughs> choose life. Watch Stephen Furtick on Elevation Worship or something, you know. If you're going to watch something, watch something cool that, that builds you up. Choose life. And your day, you know, uh, Sid was talking about in your car how you can get frustrated or the tension you can have. And he was probably preaching that to me because I've told him before that it drives me nuts the way sometimes people drive. Also phones. I'm going to go back to phones for a second. If you've got a phone and you're texting while you're driving, shame on you. You're not only risking your life, you're risking other people's lives. I've almost been hit, I don't know how many times out there in 30 people on their thing and drifting over in the lane and like, whoa, you know, you about smacked into me. One time I was driving and there was someone in front of me and they were on, I could see them texting. They slammed right into that cement thing, moved their car like this, you know, kind of sideways. And I like slowed down, you know, and stopped. Then they like straightened themselves out and they started heading down the road again. And I thought, well, I really don't want to be behind this person. So I zipped around them. And when I zipped around, guess what they were doing? just smacked into a cement wall, you think, might have learned a lesson there? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting it to change, right? So, so if you are in your car and you uh, don't have a hands-free, shim- hands-free symptom, uh, system, Sid must have left that here from last week. It's, pre- <laughs> it's, attached, it's attached to the podium, I'm telling you. If you have a hands-free system, you want to talk to people, or you can talk your text or whatever, knock yourself out. That's fine. Otherwise, don't do it. It's not fair to other people. It's not good for yourself. So, Anyway, so that can be a frustration for me. If someone nearly takes my life, that can be a frustration. But um, I forgot where I was going with that. I was in cars. 
Yeah. Frustrations, yeah. You don't have to be frustrated. You can, you can just take it light. So, uh, one year, my wife, uh, every year, and uh, I don't mean to get any of you men in trouble because you know you may come to me later and say, "Why did you have to say that?" But every year, when we start a new year. I ask her, "Is there anything that I do that is bothering you right now that you would like me to change, just to be a blessing to her?" And one year, she said, "Will you please stop honking your horn at people?" Because I used to. Something frustrated me. I'm like, beep, I'll let you know. I don't like that. Beep. So she said, quit honking your horn. So I did. I stopped it. Guess what? I don't have to do that. You know, for a bit, I don't know, maybe a month or so it was hard because the temptation was there. My hand would go over like, (sighs) (laughs) you know what I mean? My flesh wanted to honk that horn. I want you to know what I'm thinking. And she, it was funny, my wife would be in the car with me and she'd look over and like, you, you know, that side eye thing. So <laughs> I see you putting your hand on there. But I don't honk now unless uh, there is imminent danger. Yeah. <laughs> like if somebody's texting and they come over in my lane, I might say, whoa, let's pay attention here. But otherwise I don't honk, I don't honk just because someone's driving poorly which is what I used to do. So So anyhow, there's a choice you make. uh, How are you going to live your life, you know? So for me, I'm trying to, my life, I'm trying to make my life worship to God all the time. Not just here when we're here, not just when I'm playing piano for the prayer people or whatever, all the time. Maybe I'm not singing. Maybe it's a different type of worship. Maybe I'm serving somebody in a way because service is worship. Maybe I'm doing something for the Ethiopians. I don't know. But I'm trying to make my life worship because that's what God wants. And what is the motivation behind worship? This is a test. see if anybody knows. What would you say is the motivation behind worshiping? A plus. That's got to be our motive. It's got to be about loving God. It's not about like, so we can brag to someone else how our church does it, or it's not about, uh, so we can make a CD. (laughs) I don't know. It's not about that other stuff. It's not necessarily bad to do those things, but what it's about is loving God. That's got to be our motivation, right? Okay. So we need to surrender our hearts, right? When we offer ourselves that living sacrifice to God, we need to surrender our hearts. I think I want to do another song here. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Kind of got stagnant here for a bit. Let's do another song and liven things back up. Other pastors say, stand up and turn around a bit. I'll, I'll do like, stand up and worship with me. So let's do that. Let's do a song. I have a few more things, and then we'll wind it up. We'll end. You doing okay, Damon? Damon likes it, so. How about you, Sandy? You're right. <laughs> okay. So, this is my desire to honor you. All your heart, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. I have with your way.
Lord, have your prayer. Have your way. Good, good. So, let me see if I can't get come in for a landing. A couple things then, wind up quick. So basically, we have a choice, right, in our life. We can either walk in the Spirit or walk in the flesh. That's basically it. If we're going to live for God, we walk in the Spirit, right? If you aren't living for God, you're walking in the flesh. It's like the people that say, well, I haven't really decided yet. Well, you have decided. If you aren't with God, you have decided. You know, you've already decided you aren't with him. So, and it seems to me, um, how can I put this? God, help me, say it. You know, we always talk about the presence of God, the weighty presence of God, the, that sweet presence of God. Um, really what we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. His presence is a person. It's not a thing. It's not like spooky, ooh, that weighty presence. You know, it's, it's not like something weird like that. It's the person of God here with us. That's when he moves, right? So if we're living in the Spirit, if we walk in the Spirit, we live in the Spirit, then we can expect every time we come together to have an anointed, awesome time because His Spirit is here. Right? Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. See, I didn't say amen that time. I said right. So. Amen. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So I know the Word says that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. So we want his kingdom here on earth. Joy in the Holy Ghost. You notice they put that Holy Ghost in there. Not just righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And what does the word say about joy? It says in his presence is Oh, yeah. So there's that correlation there. <laughs> joy in the Holy Ghost. In his presence is fullness of joy. So if you want that weightiness, it's got to be a move of the Spirit. And that relies upon us. And it really grieves me that a lot of churches are moving away from the Holy Spirit. And I can, I'm thinking, for what reason would you do that? That's where the life is, I'm telling you. So, if we walk in the Spirit, it says we'll re- we will not fulfill the what? The lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. That's the world out there, the lust of the flesh, the things your flesh wants, right? I want to do this. I want me, me, me. I want to eat this. I want to go there. I want to do this. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's decisions you make. Let's decide the spirit. Let's walk in the spirit. And I'm not talking like I got it all together. I don't. I make mistakes and stuff, so don't, don't look at me. I think I'm perfect. I know I'm not. Uh, but my purpose or my desire is to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to do what, he, do what God's telling me to do through His Spirit. Amen? Amen? So my question to you, I said all that and did these songs to give you a question. Where do you live? Where's your dwelling place? Where do you live? Are you living in God's presence daily? Are you living in His Word, living in Him? Are you living elsewhere? Are you living two places? Do you come here and it's like one thing and then you go somewhere else and it's another thing? Where do you live? 
Now, Psalm 91 talks about he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's living in God's presence, right? So I just want to stir you up to think about that. One time I was in, uh, this just popped into my head. We'll see if it works as an example. But I went to Mardi Gras with a ministry team. Denny Nisley. Does anybody even know who Denny Nisley is? So I went with him down there. Actually, I went a couple times. One time we went, and uh, we'd been witnessing for days, and it was kind of rainy and stuff. It was just like, and I was just like, God, you know, use me. Do something, you know. So uh, it's one of the last days we were there, and I'm walking through this crowd of people. And, uh, but my heart was out of love to be there, and so were the other people we were with. We wanted to minister to people and uh, make them aware of what they were doing. So we're walking through this crowd, and I see this guy walk by with a pair of women's underwear on his head. And uh, he had a girl with him or whatever, and they're, they're like walking, and they got these big hurricane drinks. I don't know if you've ever seen them on TV, but they got these huge glass things that are like probably half a gallon or whatever, filled, filled with some kind of drink. And they're drinking or whatever, and God says, go up and ask them what they're doing here. In my heart, he just said that. I was just like, come on, God, don't. <laughs> like I said, this doesn't happen to me all the time, but I knew it was him. And my uh, and I was just like, anything else you want me to do, God? <laughs> he said, go ask him. So I walked right up, and, I, and, uh, and, these, and this is the words he gave me. He said, walk up to the guy and say, what are you doing here? Just, you know, like, matter of fact. So I did. I went up to him. I said, what are you doing here? He's like, whoa, I don't even know you, you know. And uh, he said, why do you ask me that? And I said, God told me to ask you what you're doing here. And all of a sudden, him and the woman started weeping. And he took, like, the underwear off his head and threw it down on the ground. And they started crying. And they sat their drinks down. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? <laughs> and here they were in ministry. They decided to take a vacation from God. We'll go down to Mardi Gras. We'll party. We'll do some drinking. No one will know from our church. We'll just go down there and, and uh, we'll do this. No one will know. And then when we come back, you know, we'll get back into, we'll repent. We'll, we'll do that, and then we'll just repent later. Greasy grace, right? We all know about that. So, so their whole thing is like, we're going to go sin for a weekend, and then when we get home, we'll repent for it. And God had me call them out on it. Wow. So they and they said, well, what do we do now? <laughs> and I said, go get your suitcases and get out of Dodge. I mean, you know, pack up and go home. So they're like, okay, you know, we'll do that, so... They left, and then later on, you know, like maybe three hours later, I went into, it was like rainy night again, it's cold, so I'm going to get a cup of coffee, so I went into this coffee shop, and there they were, and they were all dressed up nice, and they had suitcases there, and they're like, hey, it's the guy, I said, I'm the guy, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he said, we're ready to go home, and he said, thank you so much. We said, really, thank you for calling us on that. You know, what we were doing wasn't right, and we needed someone to say something to us. And, uh, but I say that story to make that point. Where do you live? Are you, are you taking little vacations from God? Are you doing things that you know aren't right? Are you stepping outside of what you know is right for a little bit of flesh happiness? Or are you living in God's presence? So my encouragement to you is let's all live in the Spirit.
you catch me out of it, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, if you catch me not operating in the fruit of the Spirit, being stupid about something, talk to me about it. I'll receive it from you. I'll do the same for you. If you're acting uh, fleshly, we need to be called out on it because we, wanna, we want iron to sharpen iron, right? So I have an assignment for you. I think it would really be cool. If Sid does come back Thursday, next week, let's worship like we've never worshiped before. Let's just come in here and, cut li- and see what happens to Sid. I bet you Sid will preach like he's never preached before. You'd be surprised if we start pressing in what happens. You remember what happened when the thing hit? I'm not going to say it again, but the thing hit. Man, we had some of the best worship times we've ever had. People came in here because there was nowhere else they could go. And we're just worshiping with all our hearts. And it's like, this is wonderful. Let's have that even though we aren't wearing masks and... <laughs> Or we aren't restricted where we can go or whatever. Why wait for a tragedy to, yes. to have that kind of intimate fellowship with God, right? Let's do it in the good times and the bad times, right? Okay. All right, I think I'll end on a high note there. You guys blessed? Was that okay? All right, I love you. I hope it was all right. I hope I didn't stomp on too many toes. Um, yeah. And she said if I did, it's all right, so... I have cat's permission. Um, so that's the assignment. So if you're going to be here next week, let's just like, let's go for it. Let's show up on time. Let's give God, let's allow it to cost us something by just giving it all we have, singing out with all our heart, doing all we can to connect with him, and then receive from the word. That's part of the worship service that's too. Right. So, I mean, all worship. But let's enter in and get all we can out of it so that we can go out and do all we can for God, right? Amen. Is that good? Amen. All right, let's all say amen. amen. All right, so you want to worship a while yet? Yeah. Let's, let's do some of that. Call the rest of the worship team up. We're going to... Good, good. <laughs> I forgot something. Woo! Everybody give me a woo. There you go. A joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. So God is great and greatly to be praised. Not wimpily. I've never found that in the Bible. It's not God is great and wimpily to be praised. No. God is great and greatly to be praised. Because he's done great things. Amen. Okay. That's right. He will. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Yeah. Not just something nice we say. Where the Spirit is. Remember, we were talking about the weightiness of God? Where the Spirit is, there's the freedom. Amen? There's that weightiness of God's presence coming. So let's just surrender all to Him tonight. Hallelujah. So is that all right tonight? Let's have fun tonight. Enjoy. So look at your neighbor. Say, I don't know about you, but I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. And then what are we going to do next week? Come early and worship. I tell you what, tonight, 
That was wonderful there at the end. Thank you for entering in with us. That was just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for honoring God. It makes me happy. Yeah, it makes him happy. But it makes me happy when you guys enter in because that's what we're trying to help you do. So. so one way we honor God or we love God and honor him is loving and honoring one another, right? So loving each other before you go. Thanks for coming out tonight. Be blessed. Hope to see you next week. Amen. Amen. everyone. Glad to see everyone tonight. God bless you all. This is a day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. It's a great day to be alive and well and worshiping the Lord. Amen. I was reading my one-year Bible this morning and this paragraph just kept leaping off the page. So I thought, I'm going to read it tonight. It's in Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, we know the story that they went back to Jerusalem to build the wall. And it was tough. A lot of them were working with a sword in one arm and, and uh, a hammer in the other. And they had to work on their attitudes. I mean, it was really a tough job, but they were excited about it. And when they were done, Ezra stood up and said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God who is from everlasting to everlasting. And the assembly stood up and he said these words, Blessed be your glorious name. He was praying to the Lord. And may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in it. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. The multitudes of heaven are worshiping the Lord right now. Well, let's stand up together. Like Ezra said, let's stand up and let's worship the Lord, the the maker and creator of all things. Amen.
that's the truth praise comes from a heart when circumstances are just not lining up the way you think they should be and you praise anyway you praise anyway you stand there and worship anyway King David gave us many examples and in Psalms 34 he says I will exalt the Lord at all times his praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. The poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord, he is so, so good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear and reverence the Lord, all you saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Well, saints, let's just praise the Lord. Let's give him all the glory. He is so worthy of our praise. It is a highway to his heart. It is a highway to your deliverance. It is a highway for every good thing that the Lord has for us. Praise him, saints. Thank him for his word. Thank him for his deliverance. Thank him for your provision. Thank him for your protection. Thank him for the good word of God that sets your heart free, that delivers you. Praise him. Let it be a constant, your go-to, to praise him for everything. Not in everything but for everything. Amen? Well, one way we love God in this house is by loving one another. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm so glad you're here to praise and worship with me today. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be here with you all, as always. You know, it, it really is just an encouragement when we come together and we see one another. You bring encouragement to me, and I hope that I'm sure there's others that would say the same, that when they look at the different faces here, that they just feel encouraged to see our church family. Well, welcome to Church of the Word International. Special welcome to our friends from Erie. Good to have you with us. Is there anyone else that's here for the very first time? We'd like to just acknowledge you over here. Welcome to Church of the Word. We're glad you're with us tonight. So if you want, you could fill out that little information card. Just pass it into the offering basket as that goes by. So we're going to prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. If you need a cash envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will bring you one. If you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. You know, no matter what you're going through in life, there's one sure fix to pull you out of that. If you'll just stop and consider the goodness of God, 
the faithfulness of God, what he's done for you before, and you begin to reflect on that, it stirs up a grateful heart. And the grateful heart leads to a giving heart. So I wanted to just read you some scriptures here. You can turn to Hebrews 13, but I'm going to read to you out of Psalms. Psalms 54, the psalmist said this. If you read the chapter, he talks about different things the Lord's done for him, how he's delivered him, how he's helped him. And he says, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. Now, here he is. He's remembering these things that the Lord has done. He said, you'd help me here and, and you delivered me there and I escaped from my troubles. I'm just, I'm just, he's praising him. So now he wants to just give him an offering. And we'll, we'll see in this next scripture here in Hebrews that part of that offering is with our lips. So Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, so we're not going to stop. It's just ever ready there uh, to do this. Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget, now notice how he, he flows right into the next verse, almost like it's in the same breath, connecting these, these things. Because see, when we're praising God, that's from a grateful heart. So, so you're remembering what God's done and you just praise him because he's so good and you're thankful. Now watch, he connects um, these two things. He says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. See, a grateful heart leads to a giving heart. And if you'll remember back in, in Deuteronomy chapter 26, when they were instructed as they brought their first fruits and their tithes, there was a certain way they were supposed to do that. They were supposed to remember what God had done for them. Now, what does remembering do for us? Brings gratefulness and thankfulness comes into your heart. So they were supposed to remember what God had done for them, and it says, and then rejoice. For the good things God has given to us. So we're going to return the tithe gratefully, thankfully, because he's so good. He's so faithful. Father, we just praise you tonight because you are so good to us. You're so faithful to us. No matter what we face, Lord, your word is sure because you are sure and you are our rock. You are our stronghold in time of trouble. So we are grateful to return the tithe. We're, we're thankful, Lord, for the good things you've brought into our life, for the resources that you've given to us. Lord, I ask that you just show us how to steward these resources even better. So we just thank you. We, we um, ask for blessing to be poured out on all of these tithers according to your word. And every need is met in this house according to what you have said, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. So tomorrow is the Heirs Luau party. If you're planning to be there, I hope you've already told them and uh, RSVP'd there. So that's tomorrow at 5. Bring a lawn chair and two dishes to share. Next Saturday is the women's Sorry, the men's <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> well, that's an important detail to get straight here. So <laughs> 8 a.m., if you're planning to come, do contact Josh Schumann. Youth and Young Adults Impact is um, August 21st, 6 to 8. And I believe that's here at the church, right? And that, is that the meeting where the 8th graders, the new groups are? Okay. And they, I'm sure, are aware of that as well. 
So our CWI summer picnic is coming up August 28th, and we have a sign-up sheet in the back. So please do sign up, and um, that way we can be prepared for how many to plan for and food and things. Now, we, we do want you to bring some food, so, but we are providing, is it hot dogs? Yes, we're, we're providing hot dogs. So please sign up for the picnic in the back. That's coming up sooner than you think.